Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post-apocalyptic version of the Cloud Architects podcast. And we have a new co-host today. And it's you. Welcome back. Hey! <laughs> and again, we have the amazing, the wonderful, the stupendous, Mr. Nicholas Blank. <laughs> That one. <laughs> I was I was waiting. I waited too long. I think I, I ruined the theatrical effect. But I've got to say that new no, Chris okay. is a lot better looking than the old Chris. Ah, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't believe I got this. Same accent, right? Same accent. <laughs> True story. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I've been told it sounds a bit strange. People ask me if I'm British. People ask. Yeah, but I uh, asked as a South African if I was from Spain. <laughs> True story. Hola, I don't know. Hola, hola, compadre, cómo está? <laughs> subtle, subtle differences in the accent between that one and this one, but you know we got to roll with it. Well, I am very uh, proud to be your fellow co-host today. Um, not sure how this is going to go. It might turn to crap, but oh well. Let's, let's roll with it. Let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, what are we going to talk about today? I think I think something really important is we can talk about. Uh, I'm not going to say post-apocalyptic again because then it's just going to miff things out. But let's let's go post-ignite, and mm. we we look at the technology that Microsoft has brought to the fold. For CES, um, so using innovations that Microsoft, I can say the word we, I guess, um, has done with Inspire, Ignite, Ready, Build, and are going to be using for CES. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. The event team has done a lot of work, and they're really, you know, bullish, improving themselves. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm really interested. In goes down, of course. Us as Microsoft, we're a little bit more forgiving of our own technology. We drink our own Kool-Aid, mm. drink our own champagne. Is that is that the term? Um, so yeah. yeah, I wonder if uh, how if we're if we're really ready for prime time with CES. I have high hopes. I definitely think that um, the team will do pull out all the stops to make CES an awesome event. And what a great way to like actually be a partner for events, right? Like CES is a is a was already um, I think there was a year that Microsoft decided not to be part of CES for whatever reason, but I think it's a lot better to actually be the one powering the event instead of just being, hey, we're going to be like a major partner and showcasing our product, but we're actually living it through through the event itself, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super cool. What, and when it comes to, I mean, just, just your, this is a personal question is, are you looking forward to anything at CES? 
I have never really been involved because CES is typically a consumer thing. I've always worked in the commercial space. Yeah. So uh, I, if I ever, like, I, the only time I ever look at CES is just to, as an observer, just as someone who's interested in, you know, what's happening in the Xbox world or Surface devices or any other, you know, mobile mobile devices, right? Um, for me, like, I've been spending a lot of time with online events and I went to Adobe Max last week. Um, I've been going to C2 Montreal for the last two years, and this is the first time that they've done a completely online event. Um, for those of you who don't know what C2 Montreal is, it's a, a, a collaboration between um, the marketing agency for Cirque du Soleil called Sid Lee um, and another company. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, it's all about the uh, collaboration between creativity and commerce. And so they always do a great job of getting amazing speakers um, and uh, really great immersive experiences. So I was really curious how they would do that with everything being online. I mean, how immersive can you be when you're at the same desk that you read email and do Teams calls, you know? Um, but they got had some workshops. One even involved me walking out of my house and observing, like, like noticing what, really stood out for me and I think in this age of you know we're still in pandemic work mode um Warren I know that when we were talking earlier you were saying that you were starting to feel a bit fatigued from working from home for a while so like you do need to get outside and and sit, get exposed to a completely different environment in order for you to you know not only like stay sane and preserve your mental health but just you know, just for a little bit of relief, right? Yeah, 100%. Look, I, I mean, I guess we've, we, we've tried to replicate the stuff that it is that we do on a daily basis, but from home. So, mm. you know, we've got a gym or you uh, have a spinning machine or, um, I don't know, you know, just those little things that you try to replicate. I mean, the kids, you know, joining meetings and sort of virtual like virtual um, Roblox games and things like that. But you're right. I mean, there's yeah. there's only so much that you can. I mean, there's some sort of interaction that sort of has to happen there. It's not the that same. You can't necessarily get. It's just, Eventually, yeah. you get such digital fatigue that you don't care. You don't care about how amazing the content is. You get to the point mm. where I just want to be in the same room as another human being, and talk to them and see them and not see the the pale blue, blue light of another screen yeah 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 it's really it's really really tough and i think um we've said it many times that covid19 is kind of like everyone's digital transformation officer right everyone's had to like be pushed into digital um kicking and screaming and set the same applies for online events and one thing i've been thinking about is have the objectives of events changed because now that we've moved to online? Like, let's think about this, right? As I look at the metrics for Ignite 2020 and compare that to our metrics for 2019, we in-person event, we looked at things like how many people turned up, how many registrations did we get? Yeah. Uh, we looked at things you can't like... can't look at that now. They're completely blown out. Yeah, totally blown out. Like... Like, like a lot, um, like 10 times, just a little under 10x, 
you mm. know, which is crazy. But there's a couple of things behind that. We made the event free and typically Ignite, you have to pay like two grand or so to for the price of admission. Um, we also looked at, you know, session scans to get a sense of like how many people actually attended sessions. Well, yeah. when you are logging in to a, to a session, right, is that person really there? They're not yeah. a captive audience. Yeah. They are mm. distracted by, like, they could have three other tabs open on their browser that yeah. could be another source of distraction, let alone what's happening in their home. Now, you could also argue that, you know, we weren't able to capture people walking out of those rooms, but as someone who used to stand by that door, didn't really, I mean, you'd have, have like maybe 10, 12, 15, depending on the room, like really 0.01% of the people in the room. But uh, attention spans are really difficult. And the other thing too, something that has been really on my mind is these events have always been technical training events, right? So how do we do this online when people's attention spans are so limited and I mean, you know, you've seen this at Ignite. Like, we've always done like 45 minutes, 75 minute session breakouts. We didn't do that for our online event. Like, we did 20 minute, 30 minute things. So, is is that going to help people get the technical depth that they need to be successful in their jobs? I, I'm really interested in how uh, technical training organizations are, are, are pivoting. Like, have you guys seen anything? Have you guys seen major changes there? Not really, not, not from my end. I mean, look, I, for me, it's also, there's an excitement factor mm. um, going to the, the person who led the session afterwards yes. and having a chat to them saying that was amazing or seeing what sort of shirt they were wearing because I suppose it gave you some sort of indication of, of what the kind of person, what that person was like. Whereas now, yeah. let's say it's pre-recorded, they're wearing a shirt that Microsoft told them to wear, or how rehearsed was it actually? Um, so, which I think leads me to my next question is when it comes to the virtual table sessions and the social virtual sessions that you tried to have at Ignite to work. Yeah, our table talks. Um, yeah, last time when we spoke, I was talking about how it was a bit of an experiment. Um, I thought it went really well. The feedback that we got from the table talks was like, oh my gosh, I could have sat in these table talks all day. We had repeat customers. We had people coming back, like table talk after table talk. I had my coffee. I woke, woke up early, stayed up late in order to be a part, a part of as many of them as I could. Um, and people really loved the the free-flowing conversation, they really loved that, you know, they had a, a place where they could have that hallway conversation that you typically have sure. at big conferences. Um, and while there was an agenda, it was super loose. It was more like, hey, like, this is going to be a table talk about application development. We've got a couple of people here. Like, let's find out in the room, like, what people are interested in building or what you're building right now. You know, just have a chat. The, the main complaint I had was that 30 minutes was too short. Mm. And I agree with that. Uh -huh. um, so I'm hoping we can expand that. I'm very interested in, like, any advice or any tips that people might have. So any listeners to this podcast, just, you know, 
message me on on Twitter <laughs> at underscore achu if you've got any ideas of how you've seen networking done well, uh, especially yeah. at really big events, right? Like, like the ignite reached like hundreds of thousands of people. So trying to do intimate networking can be very difficult. But um, I'm very excited about. Microsoft Teams and the breakout room functionality. So maybe we can do it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'll be really fun. Uh, I have been so to cool. a couple of online events too, and they have used the, the breakout room functionality. I think the difference, the, the, the challenge with that from, from that event is that not everyone went into the breakout rooms, like me included, guilty, because mm. I was planning on just passively listening. And so if you were pushing, had allocated people to go into breakout rooms, some would be more full than others. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that we need to take into consideration. You realise you are celebrating something that was successful there and it was because it had interaction and we weren't just being (laughs) statically presented at. And and that's the thing we miss. We, We love interacting. And we had a conference and we weren't just watching slide after slide after slide tick by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, I think it was the best solution for, yes, what you said there, like driving interaction and connections. I have no idea whether people like started connecting with other people in that tech table talk one-on-one afterwards. I don't have a way of measuring that, nor do I want to like, be so you know big brother about it right like we you kind of have to leave things to be organic um so yeah um but we shall see oh i I also did one in japanese actually i didn't personally but i was like you know what like the people community is also very local right and with the japanese community they need to connect with people who speak their language english is not their mother tongue right or, or something that they feel super comfortable speaking in and so interact like so they won't feel 100% comfortable interacting in in a in a format like that where the predominant language is english and so i sat in on the the japanese one i don't understand a lick of japanese but i i just observed and people were like turn their cameras on they turned their cameras on they unmuted themselves it was awesome you know, like, I think, like, if you look at all the sessions we did, we did breakouts and we did them in, in Teams live events. You had the interaction in the chat, but you didn't see anyone's faces. Like, one thing I, I did and I kept doing it was I uh, turned on together mode for myself, took a screenshot yeah. of that, pasted it in the chat window. And, for, and of course, um, if people don't know, you don't turn on together mode for everybody. You do it for yourself so you can see everyone in that beautiful format. And so it was a little bit, it was two things. One, I was showcasing a feature of Teams through Table Talk <laughs> as a good corporate citizen and a, and a fan of Microsoft Teams. And secondly, I was really motivating people to actually turn on their cameras, unmute their microphone so they can see themselves in together mode and start and start just giving them little signals to, hey, this is the permissible thing to do. You don't have to, but if you want to be involved in this way, you know, join in. So I think you have to, like, softly, softly let people feel comfortable uh, with an interactive mode. 
like I learned a lot from doing unconferences in the in-person event in 2019. Um, certainly some people gave us feedback that there were some dominant voices and dominant personalities, which is fine. Um, but you have to make sure that as a facilitator, you acknowledge that and, and play a role in pivoting and making sure that everybody has a chance to speak if they want the opportunity, you know? So I think we did a really good job of using technology to to our advantage to facilitate. Hmm. Who that leads me to another thing is you know how you get these common meeting mistakes or the common things that happen inside of meetings or like you're on mute or um, you know your cameras or whatever the case may be. Is, which leads me to the next thing is who runs Microsoft's Instagram because that stuff is hilarious. I have never read some of the Microsoft Instagram. It's really funny. It's like something that you haven't heard in three hours <laughs> or whatever the case would be. And it's always like this, this random meme about something bad you do in a meeting. Yes. What's, yes. The, <laughs> what's the funniest thing you've done on a meeting, like in the last month? <sighs> I've been using the snap, snap camera filters. Have you been playing with that? <laughs> I actually have it on right now, and I could put a cat on my head. Hold on, let me see if I could do something fun here. I could, um, where's the cat one? There's a whole bunch of them. I could, uh, I haven't done anything. Okay, oh, this one's going to be interesting. Oh, my gosh. I can be a, hold on, is this going to work? Oh, look, I'm a Halloween bride. <laughs> Wow. Oh, this, this better make the blooper reel. <laughs> I'm not so sure about the blooper reel. I think this is going to make mainstream. No, this one's going to be That's sure. Mainstream. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, look at this. Like, look at these cheekbones. It looks amazing. Um, I haven't. Uh, no, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at teams etiquette, I think. I don't know why it's just been drilled into me to, you know, oh, one thing I will say, I, I don't think it's so much mistakes. I think using Teams to have meetings has, has has really helped introverts because if they're, like, there's a couple of things. One, the raise hand feature is excellent because yes, you've been on a call with 20, 50 people and you just can't get a word in edgewise, so the raise hand feature is, is great for that. Also, you can see through um, in Teams if someone is trying to say something because you can see that little uh, avatar profile picture like flash purple say, hey, like there's audio being detected on their microphone, so maybe they're trying to say something. And so you, if you visually yeah. you see that, you're like, hey, Nick, do you want to – it looks like you have something to say. <laughs> I'm so, so glad I'm <laughs> you included me. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's about inclusion, right? There we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's been really good in driving people to to you know be more inclusive of all the different voices in the room. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick, sorry, do you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, 
for the fact that you're looking so blue today, Warren. Don't know what you've done with your camera, but don't That's do it again. Right. It's fine. You know what? We can I can color grade it afterwards. I'll we do should. some magic. So yeah. we, let's, let's, let's keep on talking about um, COVID and the success of Ignite. And what is the next one going to look like? Or is Ignite never going to end? Because we used to have a roadshow <laughs> called Ignite the Tour. So what do we have now? Do we have an everlasting Ignite? It's the ever never-ending story. No. Um, do we I even think... want that? Is Ignite yeah. still special if it never ends? Yeah. I well, okay. For starters, it's it's coming. Uh, there is going to be another ignite happening in March. Um, that's all I can communicate in terms of time frame right now. So you heard it, just, yeah, folks. Old March. Um, I think where what the, the future of digital events will be interesting. Um, I I don't really know. Um, we one thing that is is very clear from the conversations we've been having the planning team is we want to do more to drive local engagement. I mentioned the experiment we did with a, a Japanese table talk, um, and we certainly want to do more to reach out to our Asia Pacific audiences because I think they felt a little left out with the English uh, centric content, which is fine. Um, we just need to do a better job of reaching people in, in different languages, right? And that's inclusive of Spanish, French, German, Brazilian, Portuguese, whatever it may be, right? Um, so we want to do more of that. And perhaps we need, and but it's just not, it's not just a language thing. Like localization is about translating the entire experience into like our website, the register button um like the closed caption everything uh it's a lot more than just the content so and also culturally for some cultures like they need they, I, I haven't delved deep into this but we need to consider uh cultural differences as well uh it's not just a straight up ai language translation which also isn't perfect either um, so we're thinking about that. Um, but I think something I was alluding to earlier in terms of, you know, the content now being shorter and uh, technical readiness. So we also have to think about our on-demand event strategy too because going back to what you were saying around fatigue, there's, there's a lot of content and to expect people to tune in for like eight hours straight, 12 hours straight, 24, 48 hours straight is not really healthy so we want to motivate people to go at their own pace especially when the content gets very technically uh deep like level 300 400 level right i've been thinking about but so there's an on-demand piece of that but how many times like would you also be motivated to go if that was just pre-recorded and there was no one there to like guide you so i'm thinking about interaction styles too there's a lot to think about. Um, I know that in the last podcast we did together talking about Ignite, we were I was using the analogy of television for our content, which is very true. Like we had to operate like this is clockwork. But um, is that at compromising um, the longer form content that people need to, to help them be better developers, better IT professionals, right? So 
yeah, curious on your on your thoughts about, you know, how we could, you know, still help people get hands on with technology in this work from home setting, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But on that, but on that, I will say we launched a new feature and I was I couldn't talk about it in our last episode uh, in the tech community. It's the video hub. So mm. we've got hundreds of videos and interactive demos. So click through demos. So that kind of talks to a little bit of the technical readiness. Um, if you go to the tech community, techcommunity.microsoft.com, and go to the top navigation called Community Hubs, we have a new video hub. And you'll see lots of video content. And also, if you uh, you know love SharePoint, love Azure, and you go to the actual Azure Community Hub, SharePoint Community Hub, you'll see the latest videos that have come in from the video hub served up to you on that landing page. So you don't have to like go specifically to the video hub to find it. We will recommend content view based on the community hub you're in. So that's a new feature that we pushed out to hopefully help people with uh, getting familiar with, with, you know, the new announcements and the new products and new features coming. So yeah. Yeah. So we're we're always ever expanding the features that we have on the tech community. It's a double-edged sword though, because mm. the the content is fantastic. I'm not taking away from that. I mm. think we've gone from because in physical events we had the constraints of what we could do physically in terms of walking from one session to another, and I could only physically talk to so many presenters and look at the t-shirts per day. And I feel like from a content point of view, we've gone from Ignite, which was the fire hose, to a digital only format, which is now several sets of tidal waves. And I don't think we know how to navigate that. We don't have the guidance that says, in your role, in your job, in your persona, this is how much or how little you need to do what you need to do. Mm, yeah. Like, are you saying you don't know what the minimum, you know, table stakes are to be of certain level or certain expertise? I'm saying there's so much content mm. that I could, if I just look at the, the the folks that I follow from the 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 Azure group, the Azure AD group, and the Office 365 group, and I could do nothing but consume content eight hours a day excluding the stuff that is being added to community. And then there's the video content, which if I play at uh, normal speed and I don't fast forward, plus some of the most amazing podcasts that are out at the moment. Like I, I don't have enough hours in my day to consume content and work. Mm, yes, yes, that's very true. Hasn't it, hasn't it always been like that though? Like, because... Now you're just a multiplier to of that way. Content. Yeah, but you're forced to consume it that way now because if we had to have sort of a so if we have to think back a little bit, you'd ignite could be your week of awareness from work. But now yeah. what happens is you've got that sort of context switching that has to happen sort of in between. So I completely understand what you're saying, but also at the same token, we like we were forced to take those days and dedicate them to something whereas now you don't and maybe mm. maybe that's our issue is i mean like 
I know, you know, as an FTE, they 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 they, they say quite a bit is make time for your your personal learning and your growth, and you know, um, you know, like sort of take time out of the day because they understand exactly how many meetings somebody will put in your calendar if they could. So mm. maybe that's something that we we I suppose need to say. Okay, well, can we just break out like a two hour? I mean, is it possible? You break out two hours in your day and say, okay, well, this is exactly what I'm going to look at. Um, so the fire hose becomes just a little bit smaller. <laughs> I don't know. Is yeah. that something that we have to adapt to, I suppose? But yeah. it's like you say, you were, you were limited to it physically. You walked into the room and that was where you were for that hour. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. that's what you sort of need to do, I guess. Yeah. I'd like some some guidance on this so that we could share with Me too. Community. Like, <laughs> We've had to teach digital netiquette, right? So don't yeah. don't schedule an appointment for an hour and a half or an hour because you know people need space to be human. So make it forty-five minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are skills sure. that we we don't naturally have because the calendar is in, in an hour block. It'd be yeah. good if we could give some guidance in terms of how do you do life in a digital age where there's so much content, but at the same time, I still need to do my day job. But the mm-hmm. content is really very relevant to my job, but I can't spend 12 hours a day consuming content and I can't spend 12 hours a day doing my job because neither one is actually healthy. And then I work from home. I, life is a mess. COVID yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So taking the the fire hose analogy, you got to lay your pipes, right? Uh-huh. Think about Look at that. You got to figure out, okay, like how, where am I going to uh, divide my time? Your time is like a pie chart and you figure out how much time you want to spend with your family, how much time you want to spend with work and then you, and how much time you want to spend on learning and figure out, you know, what that looks like in in your day. Uh, Like exercise as well, add that to your list. Like I, I feel one thing I've I'm trying to do and I've, I fall off the wagon every so often um, is prioritize workouts in the morning. So this morning I did my workout. I, I use an app and it, it, it makes me do a bunch of, you know, um, things. <laughs> today, today was arms and abs today. Arms and abs. On Monday it was legs. But, you know, I did it and I feel so much better for it. I, I worked out. I um took my shower I got ready I I turned on my camera did this podcast and um you have to when you when I say lay your pipes it also is another um way of saying define your boundaries Mm. so if you are wanting to work nine to five it is strictly nine to five you do not take a meeting at eight you do not take a meeting at six that is like that is when you work uh and I think Donna yeah. does this really well, Donna Saka. Um, a lot of people, uh, are, like I encourage everyone to like be very clear on your boundaries and do not do not make exceptions unless it really is an exception, exceptional situation. But then like you, then you've got things in the loo. So if you are going to take that 8 a.m. meeting, then you finish up at 4, right? You've got, you are in control of your time and your calendar. So stick to it. That's good. I, I think like that's it. fair. It's great yeah. advice. It is. You know? Yeah. And also, like, go back to, like, 
your your New Year's resolutions. I know it was very weird back, like you know, pre-COVID, but um, like I had a mission to uh, read more books this year, and I know it's very vague, and I'm definitely reading more books than I did the previous year, but um, I have like I'm actually read finishing them. Can you believe it? I never used to finish books, um, but if you have goals for yourself, set aside time to achieve them, whether it is like to be healthier or to like ferociously read more, um, allocate time to do it. Because if you don't prioritize time and actually plan to do it, you will never get it done. Something else will always steal your time. It's usually work. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually work. Still, still more of your time than, than you yeah. get paid Email, yeah. Email. Email is terrible. Email is a thing for me. <laughs> yeah, email is one thing I'm always behind. On. You know what I've I'm done? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've turned off my email notifications, and I've done that for the last five <laughs> years, and I've never looked back. Like it wow. doesn't make a difference. Okay. You don't. You Why don't need I? like. What's the pro? What's the like? You're also setting bad ex examples if you are responding immediately, right? No, like, for sure. That's a, good, that's a very good point. Yeah. 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 No, like, no, especially completely if you're agree. responding at 4 a.m. in the morning, 1 a.m. in the morning, what, some ridiculous hour, like, you're also causing yeah. anxiety for the other person on the other end who thinks, oh, shit, like, I should be doing this. I should be responding. I should be working. No, no. Um, I think we all have a responsibility to drive better work-life balance for everybody. And, um, sadly, you know, if you're causing work for someone, uh, you are causing someone else's anxiety too. So, wow, I think this has been the deepest show that we've done for a while. <laughs> hey, so we gotta go there. And we can, <laughs> it's true. And we we can take, a, take away a whole bunch of things here. It's like, do not email Anna, tweet it. <laughs> And I will respond to you when I want to, when I wake up in the morning. I don't want to set notifications on my Twitter either because it was a point where I was like, I'm getting inundated. I do not want to, like, be like a squirrel and just, like, just sure. pay attention to, like, the latest thing that someone tweeted at me. I, I don't need that. Um, they can wait. Which I guess is another question that we could, we could probably pose since we're on this subject, is, like, the subject of social media. Oh, yeah. And has has the social media effect changed? Because um, obviously, in some ways, it's the only way that you can communicate with those peers or those people that you would see. But yeah. have people become more liberal now? Um, is it like every single morning somebody wakes up and they post a photo of something that they would have never have done post? I mean, previous, uh, before COVID. So, like, you know, they would get to the office and then they tell somebody about it. But now that they're not going to the office, they're telling the whole world about it. And then, it, so have you noticed there's been like a slight shift in who's posting what and why they're posting it? Um, I mean, I post less, I think, to be perfectly honest with you. And I've become a bit of a sort of like a social media hermit at the moment. Um, I don't, I like, I've completely backed away. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, Leah's, yeah, Leah's definitely the social media butterfly in the family, not me. But um, have you noticed a change in what you want to post, I guess? 
I I've noticed a change. I've there's I've noticed a lot of different things. A lot of, I've noticed people take delete Facebook one. I've noticed people just completely like go on that end of the spectrum. And that may be because of, you know, that recent documentary on Netflix, um, The Social oh, yeah. Dilemma. I highly recommend people watch. Um, it, I've also seen, yes, on the other end, people post more. Um, I go in waves between uh, posting a lot or posting less. Um, I, I've, I've noticed that, you know, people just miss people in interactions. And, yes, you're right, it's a little like hanging out in the in the uh office like cafeteria or in the kitchen you know like there's like that's just a completely pure randomness if someone else walks in while you're making a cup of tea um and then you have a chance to to them right um but uh i've also been like you know what i'm just going to like post a selfie of myself with my morning cup of coffee and hopefully that you know and I'm trying to send some positive vibes out there so people have a great morning, and, you know. Like, and you, I have no I idea whether people, I'm glad you do. Someone might roll their eyes and go, oh, gosh, like, geez. But uh, that's, a, that's fine. They could mute me if they want. Like, I'm not doing it incessantly. I'm just like, hey, I just want to say hello to people and see how everyone's doing because I miss everyone, you know. So, yeah, I, like, it's really hard. I definitely feel like there's a bit of, there's a, there are people who are opting out and there are people who are, like, all in. I'm going to be all social and I'm going to share all my, like, inner thoughts onto the internet, um, which can be dangerous. <laughs> but, be dangerous. So dangerous. Hashtag and like, okay, well, let's delete that. But the damage is done, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Damage is done. I mean, there are some people that cannot show their faces like around anywhere um we've had a, like i don't know it, it happens everywhere i guess really but we, we've had like a couple of social media influencer stars or uh tv personalities that are just <laughs> some problems oh, yeah. they, they get some somebody posts something bad on tiktok they are they toast it's gone oh yeah <laughs> Cancel culture. No? oh gosh yeah there's been so many learnings from 2020. Oh, like it has been the volume has been turned up to 13. I tell you what, like there's been a lot of things that I've learned personally. I feel like there's been, just been a reckoning on many, many things. Um, and yes, it was probably the the medicine we all needed to take. But you know, I hopefully like I'm look, I'm hopeful that we're going to come out the other end as all more. Uh, enlightened individuals, enlightened humans who have a better appreciation of community, have a um, have exercised deeper empathy. Um, it, one thing that I have spent the last two weeks doing is a lot of introspection. Uh, I was watching a session um, delivered by Malcolm Gladwell, who's a journalist. Um, he's Canadian, American, many things. Um, and he had a very, very interesting take on deep empathy in terms of, you know, you don't really, like when I was taught in school what empathy was, they translated that as being able to walk a mile in someone's shoes. But the problem with that is that I'm imagining what it's like to walk in Warren's shoes or Nicholas's Mm. shoes. 
if I haven't actually sat down to speak to you individually and understand your points of view, your perspectives, your experiences, your influences, I do not really understand you deeply, right? And I think especially given the current climate and what's going to happen next week with uh, the US election, it is even more important to exercise that and put your biases aside, right? And so next time you see that what you perceive as a crazy Facebook post or social media post, have a think about that person and and you may not have a full understanding Mm. as to why they did that. Mm. They may be having a mental breakdown. We're all under massive amounts of stress and we're not very good at expressing it or maybe too good at expressing it, you know. Um, I think... If we have all exercised that well and and been a bit more perceptive, I think we're all going to come out of this the other end better human beings. So you're right, Nicholas. This has been the most deep episode you'll ever have on the Cloud Architects <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's necessary because our, our show is not just about technology; it's about the people in it, and yeah. we we desperately need each other. And I've been looking at my, my Facebook feed and especially my American friends. And I've seen things that I've, as a non-American, I've looked at and I see such depth of emotion on so many topics and especially the, the politically charged ones and direct challenges to unfriend me if you don't like this. And and um, I just think there is there's so much space available that we need to give in terms of this empathy topic we need to figure out how how do i how do i support a person or how do i just let them be when things are difficult and now they're expressing things on a political topic and they've got life to deal with and family and and work and it's it's not an easy world out there at the moment in COVID land. It's not. Yeah. It's brought a lot of things to the fore. I mean, like we're learning. I, I feel like I've learned a lot about people's um, challenges. Like some people, I've learned about people's health issues, physical health issues. Yeah. Um, people have come out and talked about, you know, that they have, uh, bipolar or ADHD, um, and I'm also learning that, you know, for some people they really don't want to be fully transparent about their sexuality or, um, you know, um, the the gender that they most associate themselves with. That is totally their call. Uh, it's just, it's it's really opened my eyes this year. Um, and maybe I, I knew about this stuff, but I just didn't delve deeper into it. Mm. But this year I'm definitely much more in tune with people are not like me and nor should they be. And I should uh, seek, like, seek to be super curious about it, but only with their permission too, right? Mm. Um, like I don't want to look at people like as museum artifacts. I want to look at people as human beings and um, just so I can have better relationships with them, you know. So, yeah. So let me try and condense that and ask you to summarise that into 
and it doesn't matter how many there are, if it's the top one, two, three, five skills, what do you think as people in the professions that we are in being technology focused, being people focused, what are the skills that we need right now? And if we don't have those skills, how do we build those skills? I think a skill that everyone needs to work on is self-awareness. I, um, I think that underpins a lot of things. Self-awareness because it is um, you are in control of, of, of yourself, right? Um, but are you aware of how you're, what you're doing affects other people? Like even the whole, you know, responding to email at midnight is, is a, you need to be aware of how that action is impacting the person on the other end of that email, right? Mm. Um, same goes for your posts on social media. It might be just you venting, but how is it making other people feel? Um, it's also like how do you spend your time if your family or your colleagues see you burning the midnight oil? Is that is that a good example you're setting for your kids or for your colleagues? Um, and that kind of goes back to empathy a little bit too because people need to, like, it, it, it's, it's self-awareness in terms of how your your actions and your words impacting others but but also deeply understanding the other end, like, who is this person and how are my actions impacting them? So, mm. yeah. That's stunning. Speaking of, of empathy, we want to respect your time and if we're getting to the top oh, of wow. the hour. Look at that, hey? Jeez, yeah. that went really quickly. Hey? It really did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really missed you guys. Oh, I could talk to you for ages. Oh, we miss uh, you too. Oh. It's just hard right now. So I, I hope you're all staying well and staying healthy and, you know, drawing your boundaries. If you have to take one yes. piece of homework away from this is to, you know, line your boundaries so that you can, Better respect your time and in turn respect Just the time. Reject, of time. reject the meetings, man. Turn Just up, you know, reject okay. the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> and no, no, no meetings are allowed to recur more than three times. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's tough when we're in planning mode for events, but yeah, I, I, no, I think true. I should take that principle, put a little asterisk on it. Like some exceptions apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. We've loved this format well, and we'd love to have you on again as a co-host. And oh, you know, dude, since you've, yeah. you've, you are part of the furniture now, so um, we're going to have to have you on as host and uh, get you oh, to yeah. grill someone with us and, uh, and, and be part of the show. Of course. Yes. I always love talking to you guys and I hope everyone who listens to your podcast got something out of today. So thank you. I think they definitely did. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.